We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and coach, Brittany King, and I have a wonderful surprise. I have a fantastic guest today. I'm actually, I this is like a selfish episode for me because I'm excited to geek out on this topic, but it's something that I have been um, just diving into the research and trying to understand for the past you know, three or four years. So to have someone on the show today that is an expert in this field is making me so excited. So welcome to the show, Dhruvan Patel. I'm so stoked that you are here today. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very well, Brittany. Thanks so much for the introduction. And um, yeah, lo- loving the energy. And hopefully I can live up to your expectations. <laughs> oh, you, you already have just like before we hit record. I was like, we need to hit record because I'm like, <laughs> there's so much good stuff that we're going to talk about. But Driven is the founder and CEO of a health tech business, OcuShield. And even though you're listening to this podcast, you can't see it. But currently, the blue blocker glasses that he created are on my face right now. And I am obsessed with them. Like they're so great. Um, I'm the weirdo before bed. That's like always have my blue blockers on whether I'm watching TV or on my phone. So when I found out about OcuShield, I was stoked to learn about the brand. So tell me a little bit about yourself and, you know, your background, where you came from and how, how you're here today. Yeah, awesome. Sure. So um, I'm based in London in the United Kingdom. Um, My journey started when I was studying to become an optometrist here in the UK. So I studied to become an eye care professional um, back in 2011 to 15. So actually in 2013, I was um, studying as you do and working on the weekends at uh, optician chain called Vision Express. So in the USA, it's called Grand Vision. And, um, you know, doing that so I can earn some money to support my studies, but also get some industry experience. And um, one day, you know, the lead optometrist, she gathered all the team. And um, at that time, I wasn't obviously qualified. I was kind of working on the weekends and studying. But she she kind of came out and said, hey, we've got this new product innovation for people that wear glasses. And she said it's called Blue Control. And she said, if patients get this on their spectacles, um, this will help them beat eye strain. And I was naturally intrigued because I've grown up with my mother always saying, stop looking at screens, they're bad for your eyes, right? <laughs> don't, sit, don't sit close to the TV screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And every time I challenged her, she was like, she didn't have a reason for it. It was just kind of like, don't do it. So I, um, I thought, wow, is this the missing piece to the puzzle? So I um, ran back to the university the next week and I demanded from my faculty and lecturers that I did a research product on it. And somehow I got my way. So I researched how blue light affects the eye's physiology and circadian rhythms, which is the eye structures and our sleep and wake cycle. And after nine months of doing the research, I found that, yes, blue light from screens does cause visual stress in the form of eye strain and fatigue as well as headaches. But it also suppressed melatonin, which makes it harder for us to sleep. So I'm thinking, wow, these are massive, you know, massive two pain points in our lives. And at that time in 2013 to 14, it was kind of the iPhone 3 or 4 era. 
so early in the smartphone age. But I thought, you know, screens are only getting bigger and brighter. They've been around for a decade and, well, 10, 10 years and a half. Start, you know, 2000 is when we started using screens a little bit more. So, you know, past the black and white screens and whatever, you know, Windows 95, whatever, you know. <laughs> um, and I'm like, wow, yeah, this is going to become a massive problem. And selfishly, I wanted the product for myself, but I didn't wear glasses. So I said, why can't I just create the technology, make it better and put it directly over a screen itself? So that's where my journey began. And um, I, fortunately, when I had the idea, there was a business competition by the sister university or city university, which is called Cass Business School, now changed to Bayes um, Business School. And fortunately, I won the, the competitions. I got some grant funding. And as I was developing the products, I, um, I set up a Wix.com website. And I basically, anyone I spoke to, I got their email address. And um, by 2015, I must have had a thousand customer pre-orders, which allowed me to like bootstrap the business and deliver our first products. And I almost started, you know, um, selling our products to consumers that were interested. And I remember we had maybe three or four lines. It covered like two iPhones and two iPads, like that was it. And, and I started doing that. And then, you know, as I was qualifying to become an optometrist, it got to kind of 2018 where the business has grown. We turned to kind of six figure business and for someone that was kind of doing it, in evenings and lunches um and finally i'd qualified because in the in the uk you have to do the education piece but then you have to work with them um and opticians and then do exams and then you're tied in for a year with a contract etc but anyway i was like this is done the business is growing um how can i impact more people was at the moment i test 10 20 patients either days but actually if you're occupied i might be able to impact hundreds or thousands of people per day if they can use our products and feel fresher eyes and improve their sleep so I made that decision to go full-time with the business and really grow what we are all about, which was letting eyes thrive. And that was the point where we expanded the product range, got our products medically rated and kind of expanded the Occhial journey. But in a snapshot, that's kind of my background and how I ended up with Occhial. So cool. Wait, tell, tell me a little bit about the experience of being on Dragon's Den. Yeah, totally. So Dragon's Den um, is for any US-based listeners is like Shark Tank, but it's the UK's version. Um, So we went in in September 2020. So it was a a while ago, but it only aired 10 months later. So for whatever reason, um, the the program, the schedulers at the BBC, they, they just delayed it. But so we were anticipating, like, what's happening? Like, we we did this, but it becomes real when you see it on TV, right? You yeah. don't. You, it, I, I had friends that I told that I went on the show, and they were like, "What are you making up? I've not seen it." I was like, "No, I, I literally, you know, they were." But um, that experience was was incredible. So um, yeah, you you almost go into this TV show. It's one take. You pitch for a few minutes, saying what you do, kind of pitching for investment to grow your business to five business titans, um, and yeah, it was just the most, you know, the most nerve wracking experience because not only um, are you worried about how you'd be perceived, but also the repercussions of not doing a good job on the show because it has an impact on, you know, effectively the business that you're trying to build. Uh, so you lose credibility if something goes wrong. Um, but yeah, so tons of things are going through your mind, right? And um, it's just so nerve wracking. But fortunately for for me and us, it went really well. And somehow I, you know, was able to get out my words from my mouth and I was able to deliver the pitch and you know we got two of the biggest um entrepreneurs that all the investors there to to invest on the show and 
they actually fought over us in on the show which right. was which was really cool as well so for us now it, it serves as evergreen content and right. you know it serves as credibility so whenever we're speaking to um consumers or partners we're saying hey look this is was us on tv it was good good enough for them and they they loved it and um yeah so all in all it was a great experience and now after doing that i feel like i can probably stand in front of anyone and pitch anything because yeah that was probably the most nerve-wracking <laughs> i've oh ever felt god i can only imagine i can only imagine how nerve-wracking this that's awesome though but it just speaks to you and the product that you've created so i'm i'm so curious you know i've been exploring this for quite some time and i've had tons of different types of blue blocker glasses uh, but you know let's like dive in a little bit to the science of like what is blue light and how does it affect our eyes our skin our sleep because I think you, when you were talking about, you know, when you first created this, like phones were not what they are today. Like our phones today are mini computers and they emit so much light and we're constantly looking at them. Like I know personally, my clients, they like, before we start working together, they're typically looking at their phone last thing before they fall asleep and first thing in the morning. And they don't even realize the effect of it, of why they might be feeling anxious or not getting deep sleep. So I want to dive into that a little bit to help explain like, what is blue light and how does it affect us? Totally. So um, let me talk. um, Yeah, let's start with blue light. So if we talk about light, you know, let's take it back to um, the school days where you're learning about science and light, right? You speak about something called the spectrum of light. Uh, on the left-hand side, you have ultraviolet light, which you all know comes from the sun. It's really bad for our skin, eyes, and whatever else because it's powerful and you know invisible, but it affects us, right? That's why we put sunscreen on. So that's that's from you know if we're looking at spectrum of light, that's from zero to four hundred nanometers. Um, so that's on the left side, and then what you have in the middle is something known as visible light, which is all the light we can see, and that's kind of like four hundred to eight hundred nanometers. And then from on the right-hand side, you've got 800 nanometers onwards to like X-ray or radio waves or um, whatever else, right? So this is kind of the spectrum of light you have. Now, when we're talking about blue light, what we're concerned with is blue light is um, both, it sits both in the UV light of the spectrum and visible light. So it's kind of between 380 to 500 nanometers. Now, the misconception is blue light has to be blue right? Um, it doesn't have to be because obviously if we're talking about something that's within the ultraviolet spectrum, of course, it's invisible. Um, but effectively, what researchers have found is, you know, um, light between 380 to 450 nanometers is blue light, which causes visual stress. What that means is that blue light that's been emitted from screens, um, it's a shorter wavelength of light, but it carries more energy. So compared to a red color, for example, or red light, which is further in the visible spectrum of light, more closer towards 800 nanometers is kind of at the 700 nanometers mark. It's not that impactful because it doesn't carry that much energy as blue light. So that combined with what we know through studies where blue light impacts us and causes that visual stress because it, you know, it tires out your eye muscles. Like we have muscles in or visual system in our eyes, which is same is the same like when we go to the gym, right? When you're exercising the muscle, you have to have a break after 10 reps or if you're really going out at 20 reps right um but our visual system has the same system but it can last longer but and it's also a bit more resistant but it still is impacted and blue light makes it harder for us to recover when we're looking at you know reading or a screen now research also showed blue light causes a detrimental effect to our eyes which you know 
in long term, it can affect things like our retina, macula, which is our visual, you know, actually seeing. Um, so that's when it comes to the eyes. That's how it affects the eyes. You've got two ways short term, which is that eye strain fatigue headaches, and long term, it can contribute towards eye diseases such as, such as macular degeneration. Now, when we're talking about sleep, you've got the blue light between 450 to 500 nanometers. Now, blue light is re you know, a really good example is when we take it back to our ancestry, um, cavemen, they used to basically, they'd be awake during the day, it was the sun, the sun also emits blue light and so does lighting around us. So I can elaborate on that a bit more afterwards, but the, the sun would rise and they'll be awake because the light wakes them up and it keeps them awake. What happens when the sun sets is they usually use candles or they made fires when they were going to bed, right? Um, what happens when the sun sets is something called melatonin is, should be released by your body. And what that does, it tells your body, hey, it's now time to get ready for bedtime. Now, when the concentration of melatonin is at its max, which is usually between 10 to 12 p.m., you're going to feel really sleepy. But what happens is now is we bring an artificial sun in the palm of our hands in the form of a device screen. And it, we're telling the body, actually, you know what, it's still the daytime, so you don't need to get ready for bed. And the reason why cavemen could sleep was because they were using fires that had no blue light. In them, right? A candle or a fire has no blue light. It's very much so long wavelength red light so that it didn't affect their melatonin. So that's why blue light affects our sleep. And then lastly, with the skin, um, last year, Unilever released a research study which showed that um, 30 hours of screen time causes an increase in skin inflammation by 40%. So that means a reduction in elasticity, elasticity, which is effectively early aging, which is massive. Because if, you, if we talk about skin where we all care about our face and skin and how it looks, if we're just staring at screens all the time, like I work 10 hours or more on a screen, that's going to have a detrimental effect, right? So those are the three ways that blue light affects um, us and hopefully gives an insight into what is blue light and where it comes from. Oh, it's so interesting. So how, like, let's say, is there any way to like, you know, the stress on your eyes, your skin, your sleep, is there, are there ways to reverse those effects or like practices that can be in place so it doesn't impact those areas? Yeah, totally. So I think there's, um, you, you might not be able to reverse it, but you, you'll be able to mitigate it from what you're doing now. Right. Which is, um, I think there's some really cool rule of thumb or easy rule of thumbs. I would say like, you know, for example, in the evenings, if you're going to use devices, try to use them. As the sun sets, try not to use them or do something a little bit more wholesome, crafts, reading, whatever else, right? But we know that's not possible. So if you have to use devices, um, think about, um, you know, reducing the brightness on your screen. Something really simple as reducing the brightness reduces the intensity of that blue light. Um, and then secondly, proximity. If you can hold screen or if the screens you use, especially for during the day, make sure there are arms length away uh, minimum, right? Because that means, again, the distance is further, so less of it's reaching your eyes or your skin, therefore having an impact on them. So brightness and proximity are two really thing, uh, easy things that you can do immediately to kind of reduce that exposure. Um, now, when we're talking about other solutions, you can look at, um, you know, for example, what we do at OcuShield is we, we have filters that go directly on the screen, which can limit that blue light exposure. So effectively even if you are working at a nice distance or you're working you know with brightness or low brightness the blue light will be filtered and selectively filtered so it reduces the spike and the harshness of blue light but it still means 
you can get a crystal clear picture. So some of you may also have software on your devices which you can use to limit the blue light exposure, which again is a great tool. But what we found is a lot of people don't use them throughout the day um, or the evening if you're watching Netflix because everything turns orange. You want it to be a nice, clear picture, especially if you're sending emails, especially you don't want it to be all you know different colors. So that's why our filters are important in you know the battle of blue light and how to reduce its effects. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's all great points because it really comes down to like the word that keeps coming up is just like tech hygiene. It's like how you're using the your technology so it's not causing more harm because technology is amazing. Just like anything, there's that double-edged sword of like how to use it um, to our advantage, not like our detriment, especially when it comes to our health because it's kind of, it seems like one of those things that in the moment we might not realize like the impact, but it definitely long-term like we're probably going to start to see what the impact of constantly being on our phones, our computers being, you know, um, in contact with blue light. Yeah. I, I really, yeah. So that, that part is really interesting. So um, let me tell you about um, how it affects children, right? So yeah. when we're looking at children and their eyes, so something in the eye called the lens, it doesn't develop into the teenage years. So that means actually children are twice as much more impacted by UV and blue light mm-hmm. um, than adults are. And when I talk about the eye disease before called macular degeneration, which affects your macula and retina, um, that's a disease that is only uh, materializes when you're in your 60s or 70s and beyond. But now those devices are so new, only two decades old, there actually hasn't been a longitudinal cohort study study that goes three to 50 years on because we just haven't had that data. But What, what the studies or the epidemiological and in vitro studies at the moment are showing is that blue light is dangerous in cumulative um, exposure and from sun and whatever else. So we should mitigate those risks. But, you know, I think that what we'll see is in the future, macular degeneration won't happen for people in their 60s or 70s. It'll start happening earlier, 40s or 50s, um, because of, you know, the way we've changed our, um, our habits um, especially if you think about kids now, you know, they work on iPads, they learn on iPads, they play, you know, now if you want, you know, if, if you want, you know, peace of mind, you, you, you provide an iPad to a child to, to, you know, go on YouTube, whatever, right? But that's the way things are at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really important that people understand that there are effects of this. We don't know them yet, but just be mindful of them and, you know, do what you can. Yeah. I think about that all the time with like cell phones and, you know, like cell phones have not been around that long. So we actually Mm -hmm. don't know the impact of like what it's going to do later on in our, in our life and for our health. Um, My husband and I talk about this all the time, how our kid is not going to have a phone and like very little (laughs) screen time because we can feel the impact. And I know, especially for me, you know, with, um, my coaching business, I was all in person until 2020, until COVID happened. And then I had to pivot online, which I'm so grateful for. Like, thank God for Zoom. Like Zoom has allowed <laughs> us to connect and be able to have this interview, me being in Phoenix, you being in London. Like there's just so much benefit. But then, like I said, there's always that negative side. And I noticed this for sure. I didn't even realize like Zoom fatigue was a thing, <laughs> but 
after my calls, I would just be, I mean, already energetically, it's a big energy exchange, but I could Mm. feel it um, in my eyes, in my head, like head pressure. Mm. So tell me a little bit about like what Zoom fatigue is and how we can reduce that because this isn't going anywhere. Like this is such an amazing tool, but there definitely are ways to mitigate it. Definitely. I think Zoom fatigue, you know, the, the actual what, what usually causes the Zoom fatigue is actually more so uh, more about how when we're on a video calls, there's an image or, a you know, there's a recording of yourself on the screen, right? And what's happening in there is it's more of a psychological thing where we are seeing ourselves on the screen and we're judging our micro impressions and soft skills of ourselves. And it's a really weird feedback loop, even though you're not, you're not having to interact with an image or video of yourself. It's because it's there. It somehow causes this phenomenon where you're working overtime to maybe sit up straight or look at your fate. Your, you know, you might be like, oh, well, I might, you know, you're all these little things you're trying to make um, sense of, but it, it really plays heavy on the head. So what I always advocate now is in Zoom, Google Meets, whatever, you can actually minimize your own video or image. And actually that means you can have just a better conversation with anyone you're on zoom with because you're not worried about how you might look or what you're being perceived as. so that's one of the main things that causes zoom fatigue um, is that element and then secondly also just having your camera on you know nowadays you know now people are turning cameras off when they're on video calls again that's helping because you're not having to worry about how you're looking you know stick to audio that's really good as well right um, and then lastly you know when we are on zoom calls or um, video calls we are being again exposed to that blue light so it's affecting us in that way where we are being fatigued by looking straight at the screen and um, getting that blue light into our eyes and causing that strain and fatigue so um yeah that you know what i'd say is that those are the ways zoom fatigue is is affecting us and that that's kind of you know what it is oh my gosh that makes so much sense like what you said about like being looking able to look at yourself. Like I know when I first started doing it, it was like, that was such a distraction because you can, you're looking at yourself and judging yourself for like, Oh, I need to sit up straight or oh, my hair looks weird. And so you're not really like hundred percent focusing. And I think that feature of being able to only have um, like the speaker screen up and, or you can hide yours. It makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so, so huge. Since I've started doing it, you, you do see a drastic, um, uh, your co- cognitive load is just reduced for some reason. You just it just immediately. Um, I think it goes back to about you know everyone has an innate uh, need to be liked and be you know want to put their best foot forward. And you know when we're on Zoom, it's usually work related. You're not Zoom calling your friends, right? <laughs> so it's more like you, you want to put your sort of best forward, foot, foot forward. So yeah, try it and you know, try, try for anyone listening. Try it you know in the next working day and see how it affects them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I want to kind of circle back to the like tech habits that um, impact our sleep, because I think that this is something that everybody could benefit from of just being able to understand why it's so important to reduce that screen time before they go to bed. Because you kind of mentioned briefly about melatonin and the decrease of melatonin, because even if you fall asleep, you still don't get like a restful sleep. So how can we improve our sleep habits in relation to tech? Because it is one of those thoughts of like, oh, that's not going to happen. My phone is my alarm and I do this and I do that, but there are ways around it. And I think it's important to touch on why it's 
so important? Yeah, I think the biggest one is if you can, um, you know, trying to create a life for you where you don't have to interact with your phone, um, you know, one or two hours before bed is, is really key. And instead of using your phone for an alarm, use a manual, you know, like a normal alarm clock, right? That means you don't have to interact with your phone. Because what happens is you can, you know, I, I'm someone that turns my phone onto flight mode because if I do need to use my phone, then great, I'll go, you know, from previous experience, you, even if you just want to do turn alarm on, uh-oh, notifications, you get dragged into your mind, your headspace goes into something else. But if you're on flight mode, you don't, that doesn't happen. But if you take it one step further, you know, if you just have an alarm clock which isn't connected to your phone, you, you just rule everything out altogether and you're not getting that blue light and artificial light. Um, so, yeah, I'd say control, um, control your diary. Try to make sure that you're limiting that element of things. Um, uh, uh, and having, yeah, a, a normal physical alarm clock is, is really key. And another element is lighting around us. So I touched on blue light also comes from the sun lighting and screens lighting actually has more blue light than our screens now the reason why it's not as important is because we don't directly look at this the light source right it's indirect it's around us but if you imagine we have the wrong type of lighting in our homes especially in our lounging spaces or bedrooms like i see it all the time you know sometimes um, hotels are good because they're, they're generally not, you know they, they have to make people sleep better so they looked at everything so when you go into a hotel you usually have a you know, ability to change the color temperatures, the intensity, you know, at good hotels. Um, but at a minimum, they'll have a warm white light in, in their um, hotel room. But at homes, um, you know, I, I see people that have, you know, white daylight LED bulbs in all their rooms, which is, is just a no-no. So if, this, if you're listening and you have this, then listen, listen carefully to the next point. Like, really, you need to amend this, right? So I use something called a Philips Hue light bulb. Um, what you do is you plug them in, you connect to your phone and it syncs to your time zone. So throughout the day, it will go through a white light, which is in the morning. Um, and then to afternoon, it's a warmer white light. Um, and then in evenings, it's like an orange warm light because there's less blue light being emitted and it's best for your circadian rhythm. Now, what happens if you're in an environment where you're working under a white daylight LED throughout the whole day? In the afternoon, you'll start feeling you know, a bit of fatigue or a bit of, uh, you know, what, what's what it's a bit, you know, you feel a little bit lethargic because your body's going to be, it's been, has to be alert because it's feeling so, you know, in such a way and it's putting fatigue on your skin, your eyes due to, again, high levels of blue light. And then again, if you have that light in the evening, your body still thinks it's daytime. It's no way you're going to get into, get into bed. So the lighting around your home is also it's probably more important because actually um, it's just going to be around you everywhere <laughs> in, in an aspect, especially for sleep, like sleep is, is massive. So yeah, get a Philips Hue light bulb. Um, and it's one of the reasons why we created the Oculab is so people can learn about what color temperatures work for them, the intensity of the light, because everyone's bodies are different. Um, you know, I know some people that can drink a coffee shop before they go bed and be fine, right? They may not have the best restful sleep, but they still can get, get to sleep. Um, in the same way, light affects us all differently. So finding what works best for you and with our Oculamp is a flicker-free light, also blue light reducing, but yeah, it just gives you the flexibility to take it around wherever you are, you know, even if you travel or take it into your bedroom, into your lounge and just amend the lighting so it suits your needs. 
That's so interesting. I've never really thought about that of like the lighting around your house, how that impacts you before you're going to bed. Cause you've like, even if you don't like, if you have like a dimmer option, like that's better than having it be mm. like full blown white light. Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, I, totally. I have a lot of lights to change actually in my office. <sighs> I, I don't, it's not a Phillips. I don't, it's called like a whiz, but in the morning, mm. like there are different settings. Like there's relaxation, there's, you know, TV time, there's uh, daylight and they, ch- it changes colors, um, which, I thought was just for fun, but obviously there's a benefit to having that. There's definitely a reason for it. And most of the time people, um, you'll realize how this affects you because if you're usually people's bathrooms are the worst place, you know, when you, when you need to wake up at night to go for, um, you know, go to the toilet, it's usually have a bright white light in your bathroom. Maybe it's the cabinet or the light. And that's when you're like, wow, this is, Uh that's what's happening. That's what you're doing to your, to your body in the evenings by using a, a white light all the time. Yeah. Well, I know I'm like such a, I'm a psycho about lights, especially in the, <laughs> in the bedroom. And, um, I know if I, like I wake up, like I can't look at a light or else it's game game over. Like as soon as there's a bright light or a blue light, like my brain's like, all right, like I can pay attention to that now. I'm more aware, but back in the day, I mean, I would, if I couldn't sleep, I would just grab my phone and look at my phone and it just like create more of the problem. So it's like checking in with those habits because they make, it makes such a big difference. Like if you're not getting quality sleep, you know, even if you're sleeping quote unquote, the recommended amount of time, if it's not that restorative sleep, you're still going to wake up and feel not refreshed. And that's going to like compound into the rest of your day. So tell me a little bit about like the Oculamp and your, like what makes your, cause you know, there's, you can go on Amazon and there are so many types of blue blocking glasses like what makes your product different than the other ones yeah totally so i think because we're developed by optometrists we we've made sure that the products that we create actually do what they're supposed to do and what you find is you know to the average consumer blue light glasses are blue light glasses right um but we actually ensure that what is in the lenses for the glasses or the filters you know the technology that we have in them actually filters out the the most harmful blue light um what you'll find for example with an amazon let's say a, a t- 10 20 dollar pair of blue light blocking glasses you'll find actually whatever they've used in their lens and material only reduces maybe 19 percent of blue light right um whereas ours by standard reduce 54 percent, which is going to make a significant impact compared to 19 percent um, and for us, you know, all our products are registered with the FDA. So we're an FDA establishment. Um, so what that means is, you know, we are, what we do adheres to the standards and it's safe for the market. And I can't say the same thing about other providers. Um, and here in the UK, we're also registered with the equivalent of FDA, which is the MHRA. So um, we go that extra step to make sure that the products um, do a really good job. And, you know, we're healthcare led. We're not, we're not here to make a quick buck because everyone's using screens and what, you know, we're here creating products that can help our community because our, our customer base really care about their eyes and their sleep and we want to serve them and reinvest what we do to, to bring the best products where people enjoy and, you know, live a happier and healthier life. I love that. And it makes such a big difference because it's true. It's like, yeah, you can jump on it and like, people don't know. They're like, Oh, blue blocking glasses. Like, you don't know, like, it's kind of one of those things that 
you don't realize until you're using it consistently what a difference it makes. Like, I think that's with like a lot of habits or people try something once they're like, yeah, it doesn't work. And it just like goes back to their old, you know, old way of being. So it is one of those things that you just have to like do for a long enough time to realize, oh, wow, this is actually helping my sleep. I was reducing my, you know, eye strain. I am noticing these differences uh, by do by using something for a long period of time. So uh, t- tell me, so you mentioned like, you know, health, happiness, because that's really what this is all about. So I'm curious of what does happiness mean to you? Um, yeah, I love that question. I think happiness is, is something that we all should be focusing on if we don't. Um, you know, it's one of the key things in life and forming your life around it. I think when I've reflected on the topic of happiness, I think um, for me, it means, um, you know, serving others. I think I really get joy out of being able to help others um, because you get that direct feedback loop of, you know, um, improving someone's life, right? You know, it's, uh, you know, from what I do now, as well as my occupation that I, you know, quite previously did, um, but I'm not practicing now because I'm busy with Rocky Shield. It's, it was all about, hey, I'm helping people with my profession and having, you know, giving them the gift of sight, for example. And for me, yeah, serving others is really, really important. So that, that forms a lot of basis around for me, what is happiness? And then also working on things that are challenging, you know, doing things that put me um, out of my comfort zone, I think is what gives me happiness. Not maybe not in the time because it can be really stressful, but actually afterwards, I'm like, I'm really proud of myself for doing that. And actually, um, understanding that what you want to do and what you can do is possible and not to be, you know, n- not to have fear. So I think happiness to me, yeah, is serving others, um, challenging myself and then, yeah, being healthy, like just, you know, you know, I, I had COVID in the pandemic and, you know, you, you realize actually acutely when you're unwell for one or two weeks, you just, you know, even when you get a cold, right, you're like, oh, God, I wish I was just feeling well. You know, you, you really take your health for granted. You, like, forget. You're like, what was it like to be able to breathe out of my nose? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, we were so quick to, quick to forget. And, uh, yeah, for me, happiness is making sure that I'm healthy and I'm surrounded by people I love and care about. Um, so for me, in a nutshell, it's, it's those things. Oh, I love that. That is a phenomenal answer because, like, you know, people think – like happiness is like the goal, but like, it's not necessarily the goal. It's like those, you know, challenging yourself, getting out of your comfort zone and serving. Like, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Love that so much. So my last question, since, you know, obviously you're dedicated to helping people feel better, have better sleep habits. um, What do you do? Like, what are some everyday wins that help you create a better life? Yeah, this is, um, I, I've had to start doing this because of um, my way of work is, you know, if you're someone that has a busy, hectic day, I've started to put periods of um, peace in my diary or periods of, you know, um, movement or reflection. So what I do is say, right, I've got a diary of work today, but if I don't actually put a walk in for an hour into my diary, I know it's not going to happen. Or, you know, if I, you know, I schedule something in an evening, which I do with my partner and that, is you know stimulating for the both this is not just watching tv and uh, numbing the mind it's actually learning something new and i think for me i set a new year's re- resolution this year is to make sure i 
uh, embark on new experiences because what I'm experiencing in my life at the moment is because I'm working so hard, a lot of the days are merging together. Um, and I'm trying to figure out actually what, why, why, why are they merging together? One, one aspect is because as we get older, um, you know, you don't, you know, when you're younger, you remember everything because it's a small fraction of your life. But as you get older, it all starts to merge together and you get, you know, your days start to feel the same because you're doing the same things. But actually, if you can jumpstart that by having a new experience, you'll actually realize what you maybe did last week. So for example, this year I did um, pottery painting, you know, something that I've never done before, but I, you know, just spent hours just focusing on pottery painting and, you know, stimulating a different side of my brain, creativity, and it's therapeutic. So, um, yeah, putting things into your calendar for that recharging element or reflecting, but also new experiences is really key. Um, and uh, here's a good one is juggling. If you if you if you've not juggled before, order free uh, <laughs> juggling balls online. And actually what happens is there, it actually helps your left and your right brain yeah. merge together and can increase your, um, you know, the ability of how your brain works because it requires both uh, your different body parts, your brain, you know, you're visually, you're, you've got cues and you're trying to coordinate. And it's a really good skill that you can pick up in a couple of weeks. So juggling is, is really cool. And I do it every morning, <laughs> you know, for a few yes. I have not heard that before. Like I've heard brushing your teeth with the, like your non-dominant mm-hmm. hand, but I love this idea of juggling. That might be my next thing that I start doing because it's something so simple and fun, <laughs> like different. I've never heard so that before. Is. I love that. Oh my gosh. So great. Well, thank you so much, Ruben, for sharing all this amazingness and creating this incredible product. I have just been introduced to it and I'm so excited. Like I said, I got my glasses on. I got my Aki lamp. I'm excited to use that at night, especially I'm going into this next season of becoming a mom and I'm going to be waking up every <laughs> couple hours taking care of a baby and feeding a baby. And this light is going to be a lifesaver. I'm so excited about it. So thank you so much for creating it and coming on the show and sharing all of your wisdom. This was so awesome. Um, I will make sure that I put uh, in the show notes, uh, their website and Instagram. Is there any other places that people can find you if they're curious and want to know more? Yeah, sure. So yeah, apart from Occushaw.com, you know, you can search me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm starting to put more eye care related content out there. So my name is Dhruvan Patel. Just search that and I'm sure um, Brittany will put it in the show notes how to spell it. Um, but also, you know, uh, for your audience, I mean, um, I can share a coupon code if that helps for your audience yeah, as well, if that's something sure. awesome. Yeah. So yeah, if you use, um, if you use BKing20 on occushaw.com um that that will give you 20 percent off as well so hopefully you got you know anyone listening can try our products and hopefully you love them if you don't we do have a hundred night refund policy but i'm hoping you love them just like Brittany does <laughs> awesome yeah i will put all that in the show notes and i'll make sure anyone that i talk to about this knows because i'm so excited it's so funny i had a friend the other day ask me about um, glasses that i use and i was using this other brand that has more of the red tinge but like you said it it distorts things. So it's not fun to watch TV (laughs) with the like red tinge on it. So tint on it. So this is awesome. Um, Thank you again. So, so much. Thank you for having me. Well, how about that? What a fun episode. It was such a pleasure talking to Driven. Wow. 
He is a smart fellow. That was awesome. And I can tell how much has gone into creating these products. I'm obsessed with them. I'm wearing it right now and I'm using the light and say goodbye ring light. Sorry, ring light. You are out because I got this new light. Ocu light is coming on in. But if you enjoyed this episode or you want to try the product, use that 20% off. That was so nice of him to offer that. I am definitely going to get the filter for my desktop because that is where I spend a lot of my time and I'm like in close proximity to um, my screen. And what I love so much about this episode is how this ties into what I teach my clients in the mind over matter method. This is exactly the foundational piece before we get into the mindset work or creating goals and results in our life. We have to have this foundation and it's all connected. And if we are on our phones and we are decreasing melatonin, and we're not getting good sleep. It's so hard to focus on big, expansive things in our life. And it's just that little shift that can make such a big difference. So if you, my friend, are someone that is on their phone before bed or look at it first thing in the morning, try it. Try it. Just see what happens. Just for a week, see what happens if you give yourself at least an hour without blue light before bed. Maybe read, maybe write, maybe go to sleep earlier. I'm not exactly sure. I can't tell you that. You get to decide that, but I'm telling you, this has been one of the life-changing habits that I have implemented, and and it has made such a difference. And I know, like, I'm not perfect, and there's definitely times where I'm on my phone before bed, uh, but I have found the days that I don't, and I do it consistently, it makes the biggest difference. So if your sleep is struggling and you can't figure out why, Look at your phone habits, look at your sleep hygiene, and see what tiny, cute adjustments that you can make. Of course, using these tools are amazing. Having a uh, Ocu lamp and these blue blocker glasses are great, but it's still helpful to give yourself that technology boundary, to give yourself that space between the tech and your sleep. I promise you, your future self will be so freaking grateful. So grateful. All right, my friend, that's all that I got for you today. If you're interested in the Mind Over Matter program, I have a wait list going for round two. So make sure that you sign up for that so you can be the first to know once enrollment opens again. Because if you're looking for foundational help and accountability and support and love, this program is perfect for you. So there's a link to sign up for the wait list and you will be the first to know when we are back and ready for you to join us in the Mind Over Matter Method. All right, my friend, until next time, remember to love yourself, own your happiness and let your light shine because you're so worthy of it. Until next time.